0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. wa nasalli ala rasooli al-Gareem. Amma ba. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 31st of December in the year 2022. So Alhamdulillah it's the eve of the next solar year. So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he forgives us our many failings in this year and also have mercy upon those who've departed and blesses in the forthcoming Amen. and we moved on to the 12th session that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Anas Ibn Malik and I started the subsection in which our beloved Messenger is affectionately addressing his young cousin as Ya Bunaya, i.e., Oh my beloved son, showing his deep love for his cousin. And the last report I mentioned was the report in which Anas described the inconvenience some of the companions gave to the Prophet by not leaving the sacred dwelling in which he had married Sayyidah zaynab bin Jahsh. So in another report, there is details. <coughs> in Sayyih Muslim, number 3330, Nasa'i 6-79, Ahmad in his Musnad 3-195, Fattal Bari, volume 8, page 400, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir volume 7, page 696-7 to 7 of the English translation. Sheikh al Ahadith Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandahlibi Rahmatulla Ali in his Seerat al Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Volume 3, page 304 to 5 of the English translation. Ayat al Sahaba, Volume 4, page 279 to 81 of the New English translation. So, Anas, he added, Radiyallahu, As I, I was about to enter with the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he drew a hijab between himself and myself, for the verses of hijab had just been revealed. Also revealed was the verse teaching etiquette to the people. And he recited Surah Al-Ahzab, Surah 33, verse 53. So this is the translation. (coughs) O believers, enter the chambers of the Prophet only when you are permitted to do so. I invited to partake of a meal. Then too, do not wait for it the meal to be prepared. I by arriving too early or without invitation, but enter when i. the meal is done and you are called to partake and then disperse once you have eaten without i.E remaining behind and enjoying a lengthy conversation. Indeed, this i arriving too early and remaining behind afterwards hurts the Prophet. But he is shy for you. I.e. he does not tell you lest you feel offended. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not shy away from the truth. When you ask them, I.e. the mothers of the believers, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, for anything, then ask them from behind a hijab, I.e. without looking at them. This is pure for your hearts and for their hearts. Indeed, it is not permissible for you to hurt the Prophet ﷺ in any way, nor to ever marry his wives after him. Verily, this would be an enormity in the sight of your daughter. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So subhanallah, here is the details. So Anas Radhiyallahu in this Sayyid Hadith recorded by Imam Muslim, he mentioned the verses. And in the long sacred passage, Allah the Almighty and Glorious instructs the companions how they should approach the sacred chamber and notice the fine details which are mentioned in the verse Only go when you are allowed to, invited and do not wait for the meal to be prepared by going early and enter when the meal is done and you are called to partake and disperse after eating without enjoying a lengthy conversation so, note these details are very interesting because the Quran doesn't usually go into detail. It leaves the details to the Prophet. But here it was obviously the Prophet's bashfulness that stopped. Him. So, Allah the Almighty and Glorious gave the details. And then he mentioned that he is shy. But Allah is not shy from clarifying the truth. And then the command was given how they should interact with the mothers of the believers. I from behind the hijab. And then he mentions again, never hurt the Prophet, or marry his wives after him, this would be an enormous crime in the sight of your Lord. Now what's interesting, the scholars they point out there is one sin that has never ever been committed by anyone. What is that sin? Marrying the wives of the Prophet. So what's interesting is that sin has never been committed. So why would Allah the Almighty and Glorious mention that? Because this shows the status of the Prophet even though it was not going to happen. Allah the Almighty and Glorious said this would be an enormous crime in the sight of your Lord. (laughs) Adding further details, Anas also said, Rasulullah then entered the sacred chamber and he drew the curtain closed, leaving myself in the courtyard. In the little while that Rasulullah was in the chamber, Allah the Almighty revealed some verses of the Qur'an as he emerged from the chamber and he recited the verses which I just mentioned, verse 53. But he also recited verse 54. Surah 33, verse 54 which mentions, If you make something, I such as an intention to marry Rasulullah's wives after him, public or keep it secret then remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certainly has knowledge of everything. I he will take you to task. Hazrat, yeah. Hazrat Anas added Rasulullah sallallahu sallam recited these verses to me before anyone else making me the first person to have the honor of hearing them. So let's look at this. So it's recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim Nasa'i Tilmadi ibn Abi Hatim ibn Jarir, Al-Bidaya volume 4 page 146, Hayat al-Sahaba volume 4 page 283 to 4 of the New English Translation. Ahmed ibn his Musnad volume 3 page 105, Sahih to the criteria of the two sheikhs with a prestigious short chain with just two narrators. Muhammad ibn Abu Adi and Humayd al-Tawil, Rahimahum between Imam Ahmad and Sayyidina Anas, Relate similar. So in this flawless report, Anas explicitly said, الله, he goes, I was the first person to have the honor of hearing these verses. So this is a tremendous honor. Why? Because if any person amongst the companions was the first to hear any verse of the Quran, that's a tremendous honor for them. So Anas said, these verses I was the first to hear. So imagine, not even Abu Bakr had heard these verses. <laughs> not even Umar, Uthman, Ali, the mothers of The believers. And he heard them. And what does it say in verse 54, which is very interesting. If you make something public or keep it secret, what is that something Allah is referring to? You make an intention to marry the Prophet's wife after him. Remember, Allah has knowledge of everything. So what is this in reference to? So there's a report. And Sayyidina Talha, one of the 10 promised paradise, he had an intention in his heart. And he thought that after or if Rasulullah leaves the world, I will marry Aisha. (laughs) Now the reason he had that intention was because Aisha was from his tribe, Abu Bakr Siddiq's tribe. So this was his intention. And of course, there was no verse revealed about this. But Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, even addressed him. (laughs) If you make something public or keep it secret, remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certainly has knowledge of everything. So look how amazing. Talha, he was shocked when this verse was revealed. As if to indicate Allah knows the secrets of the heart. (laughs) So now, when did this uh, blessed marriage take place? And it's worth pointing out because you can work out the age of Anas. With regards to the date of this blessed divinely arranged marriage, Mufti Shafi, he said, in Mariful Quran, volume 7, page 214 of the English translation. As for the date of this marriage, mm-hmm. half is Ibn Hajar Asqalani in Al Isaba, and half is Ibn Abdul Bar in his Al Istiab. They both stated that it took place in 3 AH or in the year 5 AH. So, according to two of the hadith masters, there's a difference of opinion. One is it was 3 AH, the other it was 5 AH. Then Mufti Shafi said, Ibn Kathir preferred 5 AH, rahmatullahi Ibn Sa'd reported 5 AH from Anas. This very view seems to be the preferred one from some narrations of Aisha as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So simply put, it was either 3 AH or 5 AH. But what seems to be the case, it was 5 AH, And the reason that the scholars prefer this is because Anna said it. And he narrated the whole incident. And also Aisha as well. One of the mothers of the believers. <laughs> Hafiz ibn Sa'd in Istabaqat, volume 8, page 114, explicitly said, Her marriage to the Prophet took place in early dhul of the fifth year after Hijna. She was then 35 years of age. So Ibn Isaad not only gives you the year, he gives you the month. <laughs> he goes, it was the fifth year after the hijrah, the 11th month, Dhul And Zainab bin Jahsh, she was 35 years of age. So now, let's look at this. So Zainab bin Jahsh, she was the most closely related to the Prophet by blood of all the wives. She actually said, I and Rasulullah share the same grandfather, Abdul Muttalib. So, Zainab, her mother was the daughter of Abdul Muttalib. So, her grandfather was Abdul Muttalib. So, she was proud of that. She goes, I am the only one who is that closely related to the Prophet. So, she was the first cousin of the Prophet. This is the first cousin, the wife of the Prophet. Secondly, she was also very proud of the fact that her marriage was arranged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She said to the other wives, your marriages were arranged by your fathers. Mine was arranged by the one who's above the heavens. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what did she mean by that in Sayyid Bukhari? What she meant was, she was first married to Zayd ibn al-Harithah, the only companion who's mentioned in the Quran, of a supreme rank Uh, who was the adopted son of the Prophet until the verses were revealed he was martyred in the Baal of Mu'tah but the marriage didn't go fruitfully and Zayd actually was thinking of divorcing his wife due to the incompatibility but Allah Ta'ala then revealed to the Prophet that the divorce is going to take place and then you should now marry Zaynab so this is what Zaynab was referring to when she goes my marriage was arranged from the heavens (laughs) So notice he was also of a very supreme status. He was 35 years old at the time of the marriage. So how old was Anas? Sayyidina Anas at the time of this blessed marriage was there for around 13 to 15 years of age. So if it was 3 AH, he was 13. It was 5 AH, he was 15. So subhanallah, note, despite his tender age, number one, Sayyidina Anas was the one who invited as many people as possible for the august divinely arranged wedding. Think about that. That's not an easy task. He goes, go and call people to eat. And he goes, I couldn't think of anybody else to attend. Secondly, he traversed twice with Rasulullah to the sacred chambers of all his other blessed wives upon the inconveniencing of some of his guests. So he had the honor of traveling with the Prophet which I mentioned yesterday and he went twice uh, twice to Aisha. Number three, he was the first to be honored from this ummah to hear the sacred verses of Surah Ahzab verses 53 and 54. And number four, thus making him on his own testification the most knowledgeable about the history of the hijab. (laughs) Subhanallah and the list of honors for this noble man just go on and on, so think about that, he's only 13 or 15, and what honors have been given to him? <laughs> you know, If you think about it, if, if you didn't mention his name and he goes, who's the one, who am I referring to here? You'd think, straight away of a senior sahab? He goes, the one who first heard this got to be one of the Khalaf al No. He goes, the most history knowledgeable of the hijab, is he Ibn Masood? No. <laughs> and he goes who is it Anas. and then the person goes into shock he goes he's only a child or maybe just on the threshold of manhood to the mother. allah gave him all these honors mm-hmm. in another relevant report anas radhiyallahu anhu he said rasulullah once said to me sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya bunayya idha dakhalta ala ahliqa fasallim yakun barakatun alayka wa ala ahli baytik <laughs> mm-hmm. O my beloved son, when you enter your dwelling, then greet the inmates, for that will bring blessings upon you and also on the people of the house. So this is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 2698, Hassan Sahih Gharib, Targheer, number 1335, Mishkat, volume 1, number 25, in the chapter on greeting. And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states Sahih in Istakhirij al-Qalim al-Tayyib number 63. So Anas, look what the Prophet said to him. Ya so note again how often he said that O oh, my beloved son, when you enter your dwelling, greet your family. إِذَا دَخَلْتَ عَلَىٰ فَسَلِّمْ عَلَيْكَ For that will bring blessings upon you and upon the people of the house. Look at this amazing gift. Simply by giving salaam to your family when you enter your dwelling, you will be blessed, the Prophet said, and your family will also be blessed. <laughs> now think about that. If somebody says to you, I know of a deed that will not only bless you, it will bless all your family. You will expect it to be a difficult deed. <laughs> somebody goes, well, tell us what it is, brother. I'll try to get into my life. And to your shock, he goes, give Salaam to your family when you enter your dwelling. So the obvious response, where's that brother? Is that hadith, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi? sahih? What did the Prophet say? When you enter your dwelling, greet your family, it will bring blessings upon you and the people of the house. So when people are mourning that they've got no blessings in their dwelling, a very simple formula, do you give Salaam when you enter? <laughs> Clarifying further, so this adds details, in Abu Dawood, Sheikh al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih, in his Sahih, Sunan Abi Dawood, number 2178, Our beloved Messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, three are guaranteed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, And I've summarized, the first was the Mujahid with martyrdom or spouse. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَرَجُلًا رَاحَ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ فَهُوَ دَامِنًا عَلَى اللَّهِ حَتَّى يَتَوَفَّاهُ فَيُدْخِرُ الْجَنَّةَ أَوْ يَرُدَّهُ بِمَا نَالَ مِنْ عَجْرٍ وَغَنِيمًا The one who leaves his dwelling for the masjid to offer salah. If he dies, He has the right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should enter him into paradise. Or if he remains alive, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala may bring him home with reward with reward and spoils. Subhanallah. Then the Prophet said, Thirdly, the one who when entering his dwelling greets his family with salam. This person is also guaranteed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for much good. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So this is another say hadith in Abu Dawood. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? He said three men or three people are guaranteed by Allah. Meaning he's going to have special affection towards them. The first is the mujahid. He either gets martyred or he gets spoils. So obviously he's martyred or he comes back with spoils. And the two, which are now relevant to most of us. The one who leaves his house to offer Salat in the Masjid. There's only two possibilities now. He dies or he lives. The Prophet said, said, if he dies, he has a right that Allah, Allah enters him into paradise. Think about that. If you are intending to offer the fard prayer in the Masjid and you die, you have a right to go to paradise. Bawli bali musulman, a prayer at home, good for you, may. <laughs> if he has a right that Allah should enter him into paradise, if he remains alive, which is 99% of the time, Allah may bring him home with reward and smiles. He doesn't lose out. <laughs> now think about that. Somebody goes, well, I've offered five prayers in the masjid today. That means that if you had died, you'd go to paradise. <laughs> Are you intended to pray a fajr in the masjid? Yes. If you die, you go to paradise. Hmm. Which of these is this? Abu Dawud say. Hmm. So you haven't died. So I've still, I've lost out. No, you haven't. You've returned home, insha'Allah, with spoils. Hmm. Now think about that. What does that mean? I didn't go on jihad. But Allah Allah has given you the reward of spoils. Now what are spoils? Spoils are the purest rizq. Which were... Decreed for Rasulullah. He goes, My rizq is under the shadow of my spear. Mm -hmm. The Prophet lived off that. Allah the last promised you that. Mm -hmm. So think about that. This is the virtue of praying in the masjid. Then, so notice jihad, most difficult. Then it's the masjid which is easier. Then finally, look what he said. Mm -hmm. The one who, when entering his dwelling, greets his family with salam. This person is also guaranteed of what? Because I mentioned what is definitely much good. So combine the two Sayyid hadiths. Rasulullah said to Anas, When you enter your dwelling, greet your family, it will bring blessings upon you and upon the people of the house. The second Sayyid hadith much good is guaranteed. Allah will give you that. So subhanallah, what a simple but most neglected deed. So what does shaitan do? So let's expose his whispers. My family is off their head. Stop. So you just condemn yourself? Why is your family off their head? That means you must be off your head. He goes, no, I didn't mean that. What did you mean then? Secondly, do they need to be an alim to understand salam? It's not even a difficult thing. You walk into the house, as Alaikum. The report doesn't say they need to respond. So let's say you're right, they're off their heads, they don't even respond to your salam. The Prophet didn't say you have lost out. They are responsible for returning the salaam. It's funny to return the salam, but it doesn't affect the virtue. Thirdly, what if nobody's in the dwelling? Then the Hadith mentions in the books of Tafsir, you say "Assalamu alayna wa ala salihin." Peace be upon me, upon us, and upon the righteous servants of Allah ta'ala. So when you enter, because sometimes you enter the dwelling and the room you enter, your family is not in that room. So what do you do? You say "Assalamu alayna wa ala salihin." You enter the other room, then you give salam to your family. But if there's nobody in your dwelling at all, the first is enough. As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillah salihin So now what's interesting? Khatija radiya Allah. The hadith is in Sayyih Bukhari. And the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has given you salam. And Khatija radiya Allah she is the only one whom Allah gave salam to. Aisha Jibril gave her salam. Alayhi salatu wa salam. But such is the status of Khatija radiya Allah. She's our mudah. She didn't forget us. As soon as she heard what the Prophet said to her, وسلم, she said, as alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Peace be upon us and upon all the righteous servants of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. She wanted Allah to give us salah. So what does that tell you about that phrase? It's a very precious phrase. Khadijah was inspired to say it and we say it in every sitting of salah. So now, if it's that blessed, and you said it when you enter your dwelling, you can only imagine what blessings are going to descend. So this is a very simple sunnah. where again, don't let, don't be deprived. Just give the salam, assalamu alaikum, and eventually your family will get used to it, wa alaikum salam. And you are blessing yourself, and you are blessing your family. A very simple blessed sunnah. and Note how the Prophet gave this to Anas. He goes, ya boneya, oh my beloved son, meaning don't forget when you enter your dwelling to do this. So, all I mentioned today was again various blessed authentic reports where our beloved Messenger وسلم, said, Ya Buniyah, oh O my beloved son, to Anas. And we also take extremely valuable lessons from these priceless reports that have reached us from this noble young companion and cousin of our beloved Messenger. Are there any questions? سبحانه وبيحمنه سبحانه وتعالى الله هم إلّا أن تستغفرك توبة ليك بالله إبراهيم سبحان الله بيكلم بالعزت يا أمي سكون السلام والرحمة سيرين وحمده الله الله الرحمن الرحيم الإنسان الذي خسر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات الحق ورواسى الصبر صلى الله